Welcome back, y'all, as we continue our journey through the trail of First Kings. And Solomon has now taken over as king of Israel, and we'll continue on and see what his journey unfolds here in verse 1 of chapter 3. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters, he brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the degrees his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices, and burnt incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. I can't imagine that. That I just, yeah, I just can't even imagine what that was like for Solomon. In verse 6, Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous that they cannot be counted. Give me understanding in my heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? So this is this request. God appeared to Solomon in a dream and says, "Ask anything." And he asks for wisdom. He humbly asks for wisdom, and he was super humble about it and honestly quite brilliant. And there was such humility in this action like he cared about the people and wants to govern them well. He asked for wisdom to discern between good and evil, and he wants to avoid what humanity has become good in doing evil. Like, he, he knows that humans can be evil, so he wants to discern between good and evil and know the difference, and he wants to be able to govern these people well. He knows they're God's chosen people, and he does not want to fail in this. And Requesting to discern between good and evil, it has a similarity to the Garden of Eden when the fruit gave some wisdom and he knew, Solomon knew Eve's story and knowing good versus evil, evil makes you wise and he wants to avoid evil. He wants to do good and right by the people that God has chosen and he wants to do good and right by God. So that was just really amazing that he asked in this humble way for wisdom to properly lead these people that God has entrusted him with. In verse 10, he continues, 
The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or death of your enemies, I will give you what you have asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has ever or have ever had. And I will give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if, here's an if, pay attention to ifs. If you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone, and there were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning, when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted, It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, The living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the the king. So these two women are having quite the squabble here, and King Solomon is supposed to try to settle this. We'll see what he does here as we continue in verse 23. Then the king said, Let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two, and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman, who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much, cried out, Oh no, Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, Do not kill this child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. When all of Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wise wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. So we have here where God did provide unfathomable wisdom to King Solomon. He did receive wisdom from God and he did become wise in all areas and fame will continue to grow and spread as he continues ruling the the Israel nation. In chapter 4 and verse 1, King Solomon now ruled over, over all Israel and these were his high officials. Azariah, son of Zodak, was his priest. Eliphor, And Elijah and the sons of Sisha were court secretaries. Josephat, son of Elihud, was the royal historian. Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. 
Zodak and Abithar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governs. Zahbud, son of Nathan, a priest, was a trusted advisor of the king. Ahashar was manager of the palace property. Adoniam, son of Abda, was in charge of forced labor. Solomon also had 12 district governors who were all over Israel, and they were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the 12 governors. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Bendiker in Mazak, Shalbim, Bashima in Elam Bahathan, Behanes in Araba, including Soka in the land of Hefer, Benabaniah in the Naphoth door, he was married to Tapath, one of the Solomon's daughters, Banes, son of Ahalub in Tanakh in Megdibo, all of Bethshans near Zarathan below Jezreel in all the territory Beth- from Bethshan to Ebel Molhola and over Jokmiam, Ben Geber in Romath Gilead, including the towns of Jair, named for Jair of the tribe of Manasseh, in Gilead in the Aragon region of Bashan, including 60 large fortified towns with bronze bars on their gates. Ahinabad, son of Edu in Mahanim, Ahazen in Niphtali, he was married to Beth Simath, another one of Solomon's daughters, and Banna, son of Hushai in Asher and Eloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Parua in Azachar, Shimeh, son of Elah in Benjamin, Gibar, son of Eri in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. There was also one governor over the land of Judah. I don't know if I said any of those names right, y'all. But they're in here, so I just want to make it known that he had a lot of officials and governors, and they were all appointed, and they all had jobs, and he had quite a team. So that's what I get out of those verses. In verse 20, the people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They were very contented, with plenty to eat and drink. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The conquered peoples of those lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace were 150 bushels of choice flour and 300 bushes of meal, also 10 oxen from the fattening pens, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep or goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and choice poultry. Solomon's dominion extended over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River, from Tisha to Gaza, and there was peace on all his borders. During the lifetime of Solomon, all of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety. And from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, each family had his own home to garden. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses, and he had 12,000 horses. The district governors faithfully provided food for King Solomon and his court. Each made sure nothing was lacking during the month assigned to him. They also brought the necessary barley and straw for the royal horses in the stables. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, the wisdom exceeded that of all the wise men of the east and the wise men of Egypt. 
He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezerathite, and the sons of Mohal, Heman, and Kolkal, and Darda. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from the cracks in the wall. He could also speak about animals and birds, small creatures and fish, and kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. So here we can see that that God is blessing Solomon. His kingdom is thriving, and he has a great, strong team that is on his side. Things are going well. He's super smart and knows a lot about everything, it seems. I would like to talk to him about some of those plants and animal knowledge things that he had. Basically, he's super smart. His kingdom's doing great, and he has a lot of really good people on his team. And that's where we end for today, and tomorrow we'll continue on in chapter 5. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.